Chapter Seventeenth of *The Heart of Midlothian* by Sir Walter Scott. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. Wilt thou go on with me? The moon is bright, the sea is calm, and I know well the ocean paths. Thou wilt go on with me, Thalaba the fatigue and agitation of these various scenes had agitated genie so much notwithstanding her robust strength of constitution that archibald judged it necessary that she should have a day's repose at the village of longtown it was in vain that genie protested against any delay the duke of argyle's man of confidence was of course consequential and as he had been bred to the medical profession in his youth at least he used this expression to describe his having thirty years before pounded for six months in the mortar of old mungo mangleman the surgeon at greenock he was obstinate whenever a matter of health was in question in this case he discovered febrile symptoms and having once made a happy application of that learned phrase to genie's case all farther resistance became in vain and she was glad to acquiesce and even to go to bed and drink water gruel in order that she might possess her soul in quiet and without interruption mr archibald was equally attentive in another particular he observed that the execution of the old woman and the miserable fate of her daughter seemed to have had a more powerful effect upon genie's mind than the usual feelings of humanity might naturally have been expected to occasion yet she was obviously a strong-minded sensible young woman and in no respect subject to nervous affections and therefore archibald being ignorant of any special connection between his master's protege and these unfortunate persons excepting that she had seen madge formerly in scotland naturally imputed the strong impression these events had made upon her to her associating them with the unhappy circumstances in which her sister had so lately stood he became anxious therefore to prevent anything occurring which might recall these associations to genie's mind archibald had speedily an opportunity of exercising this precaution a peddler brought to longtown that evening amongst other wares a large broadside sheet giving an account of the last speech and execution of margaret murdockson and of the barbarous murder of her daughter magdalen or madge murdockson called madge wildfire and of her pious conversation with his reverence archdeacon fleming which authentic publication had apparently taken place on the day they left carlisle and being an article of a nature 
peculiarly acceptable to such country folk as were within hearing of the transaction the itinerant bibliopolist had forthwith added them to his stock in trade he found a merchant sooner than he expected for archibald much applauding his own prudence purchased the whole lot for two shillings and ninepence and the pedlar delighted with the profit of such a wholesale transaction instantly returned to carlyle to supply himself with more the considerate mr archibald was about to commit his whole purchase to the flames but it was rescued by the yet more considerate dairy damsel who said very prudently it was a pity to waste so much paper which might crape hair pin up bonnets and serve many other useful purposes and who promised to put the parcel into her own trunk and keep it carefully out of the sight of mrs jeanie deans though by the by she had no great notion of folk being so very nice mrs deans might have had enough to think about the gallows all this time to endure a sight of it without all this to do about it archibald reminded the dame of the dairy of the duke's particular charge that they should be attentive and civil to jeanie as also that they were to part company soon and consequently would not be doomed to observing any one's health or temper during the rest of the journey with which answer mrs dolly dutton was obliged to hold herself satisfied on the morning they resumed their journey and prosecuted it successfully travelling through dumfrieshire and part of lanarkshire until they arrived at the small town of rutherglen within about four miles of glasgow here an express brought letters to archibald from the principal agent of the duke of argyle in edinburgh he said nothing of their contents that evening but when they were seated in the carriage the next day the faithful squire informed jeanie that he had received directions from the duke's factor to whom his grace had recommended him to carry her if she had no objection for a stage or two beyond glasgow some temporary causes of discontent had occasioned tumults in that city and the neighbourhood which would render it unadvisable for mrs jeanie deans to travel alone and unprotected betwixt that city and edinburgh whereas by going forward a little farther they would meet one of his grace's sub-factors who was coming down from the highlands to edinburgh with his wife and under whose charge she might journey with comfort and in safety jeanie remonstrated against this arrangement she had been long she said from home her father and her sister behooved to be very anxious to see her there were other friends she had that were not well in health she was willing to pay for man and horse at glasgow and surely nobody would meddle with so harmless and feckless a creature as she was she was muckle obliged by the offer but never hunted deer longed for its resting-place as i do to find myself at st leonard's 
the groom of the chambers exchanged a look with his female companion which seemed so full of meaning that jeanie screamed aloud oh mr archibald mrs dutton if ye ken of anything that has happened at st leonard's for god's sake for pity's sake tell me and dinna keep me in suspense i really know nothing mrs deans said the groom of the chambers and i-i-i I am sure i knows as little said the dame of the dairy while some communication seemed to tremble on her lips which at a glance of archibald's eye she appeared to swallow down and compressed her lips thereafter into a state of extreme and vigilant firmness as if she had been afraid of its bolting out before she was aware jeanie saw there was to be something concealed from her and it was only the repeated assurances of archibald that her father her sister all her friends were as far as he knew well and happy that at all pacified her alarm from such respectable people as those with whom she travelled she could apprehend no harm and yet her distress was so obvious that archibald as a last resource pulled out and put into her hand a slip of paper on which these words were written jeanie deans you will do me a favour by going with archibald and my female domestic a day's journey beyond glasgow and asking them no questions which will greatly oblige your friend argyle and greenwich although this laconic epistle from a nobleman to whom she was bound by such inestimable obligations silenced all jeanie's objection to the proposed route it rather added to than diminished the eagerness of her curiosity the proceeding to glasgow seemed now no longer to be an object with her fellow-travellers on the contrary they kept the left-hand side of the river clyde and travelled through a thousand beautiful and changing views down the side of that noble stream till ceasing to hold its inland character it began to assume that of a navigable river you are not for goin until glasgow then said jeanie and she observed that the drivers made no motion for inclining their horses heads towards the ancient bridge which was then the only mode of access to st mungo's capital no replied archibald there is some popular commotion and as our duke is in opposition to the court perhaps we might be too well received or they might take it in their heads to remember that the captain of carrick came down upon them with his highlandmen in the time of shawfield's mob in seventeen twenty five and then we would be too ill received and at any rate it is best for us and for me in particular who may be supposed to possess his grace's mind upon many particulars to leave the good people of the gorbals to act according to their own imaginations without either provoking or encouraging them by my presence it was called shawfield's mob 
because much of the popular violence was directed against daniel campbell esq of shawfield m p provost of the town to reasoning of such tone and consequence jeanie had nothing to reply although it seemed to her to contain fully as much self-importance as truth the carriage meantime rolled on the river expanded itself and gradually assumed the dignity of an estuary or arm of the sea the influence of the advancing and retiring tides became more and more evident and in the beautiful words of him of the laurel wreath the river waxed a broader and yet broader stream the cormorant stands upon its shoals his black and dripping wings half opened to the wind from southey's thalaba book eleven stanza thirty six which way lies inverary said jeanie gazing upon the dusky ocean of highland hills which now piled above each other and intersected by many a lake stretched away on the opposite side of the river to the northward is yon high castle the duke's house that mrs deans lud help thee replied archibald that's the old castle of dumbarton the strongest place in europe be the other what it may sir william wallace was governor of it in the old war with the english and his grace is governor just now it is always entrusted to the best man in scotland and does the duke live on that high rock then demanded jeanie no no he has his deputy governor who commands in his absence he lives in the white house you see at the bottom of the rock his grace does not reside there himself i think not indeed said the dairywoman upon whose mind the road since they had left dumfries had made no very favourable impression for if he did he might go whistle for a dairywoman and he were the only duke in england i did not leave my place and my friends to come down to see cows starved to death upon hills as they be at that pigsty of elfinfoot as you call it mr archibald or to be perched upon the top of a rock like a squirrel in his cage hung out of a three pair of stairs window inwardly chuckling that these symptoms of recalcitration had not taken place until the fair malcontent was as he mentally termed it under his thumb archibald coolly replied that the hills were none of his making nor did he know how to mend them but as to lodging they would soon be in a house of the duke's in a very pleasant island called rosineth where they went to wait for shipping to take them to inverary and would meet the company with whom jeanie was to return to edinburgh an island said jeanie who in the course of her various and adventurous travels had never quitted terra firma then i am doubting we mon gang in one of these boats they look unco small and the waves are something rough and mr archibald said mrs dutton 
i will not consent to it i was never engaged to leave the country and i desire you will bid the boys drive round the other way to the duke's house there is a safe pinnace belonging to his grace ma'am close by replied archibald and you need be under no apprehensions whatsoever but i am under apprehensions said the damsel and i insist upon going round by land mr archibald were it ten miles about i am sorry i cannot oblige you madam as rosaneth happens to be an island if it were ten islands said the incensed dame that's no reason why i should be drowned in going over the seas to it no reason why you should be drowned certainly ma'am answered the unmoved groom of the chambers but an admirable good one why you cannot proceed to it by land and fixed his master's mandates to perform he pointed with his hand and the drivers turning off the high road proceeded towards a small hamlet of fishing huts where a shallop somewhat more gaily decorated than any which they had yet seen having a flag which displayed a boar's head crested with a ducal coronet waited with two or three seamen and as many highlanders the carriage stopped and the men began to unyoke their horses while mr archibald gravely superintended the removal of the baggage from the carriage to the little vessel has the carolyn been long arrived said archibald to one of the seamen she has been here in five days from liverpool and she's lying down at greenock answered the fellow let the horses and carriage go down to greenock then said archibald and be embarked there for inverary when i send notice they may stand in my cousin's duncan archibald the stablers ladies he added i hope you will get yourselves ready we must not lose the tide mrs deans said the cowslip of inverary you may do as you please but i will sit here all night rather than go into that there painted eggshell fellow fellow this was addressed to a highlander who was lifting a travelling trunk that trunk is mine and that there bandbox and that pillion mail and those seven bundles and the paper bag and if you venture to touch one of them it shall be at your peril the celt kept his eye fixed on the speaker and then turned his head towards archibald and receiving no countervailing signal he shouldered the portmanteau and without farther notice of the distressed damsel or paying any attention to remonstrances which probably he did not understand and would certainly have equally disregarded whether he understood them or not moved off with mrs dutton's wearables and deposited the trunk containing them safely in the boat the baggage being stowed in safety mr archibald handed jeanie out of the carriage and not without some tremor on her part she was transported through the surf and placed in the boat he then offered the same civility to his fellow-servant but she was resolute in her refusal to quit the carriage in which she now remained in solitary state 
threatening all concerned or unconcerned with actions for wages and board wages damages and expenses and numbering on her fingers the gowns and other habiliments from which she seemed in the act of being separated for ever mr archibald did not give himself the trouble of making many remonstrances which indeed seemed only to aggravate the damsel's indignation but spoke two or three words to the highlanders in gaelic and the wily mountaineers approaching the carriage cautiously and without giving the slightest intimation of their intention at once seized the recusant so effectually fast that she could neither resist nor struggle and hoisting her on their shoulders in nearly a horizontal posture rushed down with her to the beach and through the surf and with no other inconvenience than ruffling her garments a little deposited her in the boat but in a state of surprise mortification and terror at her sudden transportation which rendered her absolutely mute for two or three minutes the men jumped in themselves one tall fellow remained till he had pushed off the boat and then tumbled in upon his companions they took their oars and began to pull from the shore then spread their sail and drove merrily across the firth you scotch villain said the infuriated damsel to archibald how dare you use a person like me in this way madam said archibald with infinite composure it's high time you should know you are in the duke's country and that there is not one of these fellows but would throw you out of the boat as readily as into it if such were his grace's pleasure then the lord have mercy on me said mrs dutton if i had had any on myself i would never have engaged with you it's something of the latest to think of that now mrs dutton said archibald but i assure you you will find the highlands have their pleasures you will have a dozen of cow-milkers under your own authority at inverary and you may throw any of them into the lake if you have a mind for the duke's head people are almost as great as himself this is a strange business to be sure mr archibald said the lady but i suppose i must make the best on it are you sure the boat will not sink it leans terribly to one side in my poor mind fear nothing said mr archibald taking a most important pinch of snuff this same fairy on clyde knows us very well or we know it which is all the same no fear of any of our people meeting with any accident we should have crossed from the opposite shore but for the disturbances at glasgow which made it improper for his grace's people to pass through the city are you not afeard mrs deans said the dairy vestal addressing jeanie who sat not in the most comfortable state of mind by the side of archibald who himself managed the helm are you not afeard of these wild men with their naked knees and of this nutshell of a thing that seems bobbing up and down like a skimming-dish in a milk-pail no 
no madam answered jeanie with some hesitation i am not feared for i have seen highland men before though never was so near them and for the danger of the deep waters i trust there is a providence by sea as well as by land well said mrs dutton it is a beautiful thing to have learned to write and read for one can always say such fine words whatever should befall them archibald rejoicing in the impression which his vigorous measures had made upon the intractable dairymaid now applied himself as a sensible and good-natured man to secure by fair means the ascendancy which he had obtained by some wholesome violence and he succeeded so well in representing to her the idle nature of her fears and the impossibility of leaving her upon the beach enthroned in an empty carriage that the good understanding of the party was completely revived ere they landed at rosineth End of chapter 17th